The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. There is a threat on my life because if you leave Islam, the threat is death. Rifka Berry made headline news when she ran away from home because her parents found out that she had converted to Christianity. So I think that there are many Muslims who ache and long and hunger for righteousness and think it's doing it by themselves. Um, but I have found, no, it is Christ who sets us free. Experiencing peace that surpasses all understanding while hiding in the light, next. so much. Welcome to Light Today. I'm James Robinson. Made it now thrilled to have someone who has quite the story. As a matter of fact, there is enough of a threat about her even being here, the danger, because people say they want to take her out, that we couldn't even publicize it. Her name is Rifka Barry, and it's little subheading, Why I Risk Everything to Leave Islam and Follow Jesus. And look at this title. Hiding in the light. Would you welcome Rifka to life today? We're glad to see you. Thank you. All right. Now we're going to cover some ground because yes, you cover. You, you mind me asking how, how old are you, Rifka? I am 23 years old. 23. Okay, so we're going to cover the whole deal right here. Now, why, why are you afraid right now? And you're not really afraid. You're at peace, but why is there a threat? on your life? Let me just ask you that. There is a threat on my life because um, if you leave Islam, the threat is death. And so I converted when I was 13 years old and I have ruined the, the honor of my family. And so the only way that honor can be reclaimed is um, if they take You renounce life. it or take your life. Exactly. And you're not gonna renounce. No. You're gonna hide in the light. That's right. Your journey as a young girl, You've lost the sight in one eye, right? Yes. And I want you to tell us about some of those things that happened when you mm. were a child. There were two events that happened that changed everything. Uh, one was I was blinded in my right eye by my brother accidentally, and the other was I was sexually um, abused uh, by an uncle. Mm. And these two events, you know... How two, old were you at that I that was happened? around six. Six years six. old. It's hard yes. to imagine. It was mm. very, very painful. Mm. And, I, and, you know, at the time... Even in America here, that would be seen as a tragedy and, and like, that's awful. And there would be pity on the child. But in my culture, all the shame is put on the victim. Mm. So much so that my family had to flee uh, our little country that we lived in called Sri Lanka to run away from the, the shame. And so we came to America. So, mm. that, that, so this is how much my family is bound by honor. Do you find it difficult to imagine how people could be so committed to some kind of religious uh, ideology that could put that kind of pressure on people? How in the world do people keep coming into that, which it seems mm -hmm. like it is so far from what you would imagine a heavenly, godly That's right. being. That's right. Uh, um, their character, their their manner, mm. their, their, their desires. And now I see that as a Christian. Now I'm, you know, I see the complete difference between love and hate and obligation and willingness to follow. But I think I, 
I, I, what I saw, experienced, um, you know, going to the mosque, watching my father, is you're blinded to the truth. Is you, you genuinely think that what you're following is the way, and the more you give yourself to it, the more you're deceiving yourself. Um, but it's hard to imagine, especially when you, you do come to the light and you re do recognize this is truth from lie. This is false, like Allah and, and, and Jesus. So, so did you have to leave your your immediate family family when you became a Christian? Yes, ma'am, I did. So I grew up and um, I lived in an extremely abusive home to the point where I'm 12 mm. years old and wanting to commit suicide. Mm. Um, but, but something changed in the midst of all the abuse that happened. I remember hearing from someone that I could pray in English and that idea fascinated me because it, as a Muslim, I prayed in Arabic and mm. I didn't know what I was praying. So this idea of talking to God and, and he could hear me and, 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 and understand me was amazing. And so I, I prayed. Now I, you had heard Christians say this? I had heard a Christian, someone had said that, that, that if you pray to God with your, in English, that he would understand mm. me. And so this is 12 years old. One, and could you speak English pretty well? Yes, Because I could. they teach English because they know that's the best way to be able to advance around the world. It's becoming a more common language. That's right. And, I, and mm. we had moved here to the States. Oh, you were in the yeah. States. That's right. Okay, that's right. From Sri Lanka. Mm -hmm. So I prayed. I got on my knees and I said, God, if you are Allah, if you're Buddha, if you're Jesus, whoever you are, I just want to know truth. <laughs> Show me who you are. And months later was when a, a Korean girl at school, we were in seventh grade, invited me to church and I went with her. Wow. What happened? My life completely changed. <laughs> oh my goodness, that was, it was that moment you where- You act like it's yesterday. <laughs> I know, I, I, it still feels like yeah. it. That yeah. memory is just so engraved in my heart because I found the love of my life. You know? Yeah, it's like a marriage really that you is. don't really get over or get no. tired of. Uh-uh, <laughs> yeah. no sir. Yeah, he's and the one that just really doesn't have a lot to, <laughs> not a lot to criticize in him. Can't find much fault in him. Yeah, exactly. Who can find fault in me? Mm -hmm. Well, you can't. Okay, so you really experienced what you thought was really and truly a personal relationship with Christ. I did. It was, it was the moment when the pastor preached and I, you know, my parents didn't know that I was at a church. I, see, I, I went in secret and um, it was that moment when I, I walked forward and it was like time stopped. And I felt like this whisper, this most gentle whisper saying, you are mine, you're mine. And I, could, I started weeping, feeling all the pain that had been stuffed down, all the abuse. And I knew that, I didn't know what I was experiencing. I just knew that whatever this was, like that was the answer to the prayer that I prayed so many months ago. Jesus was no longer just a story, he was alive. Yes. This father that you talked to, mm -hmm. you feel like there was communication established, it was real. Yes, yes, and it, it was a journey, you know, of really discovering who is just Jesus? What does this Bible mean? What is the cross? But more and more as I started learning about Christianity, it was, I was becoming consumed. So when was the point that your, your family found out that, this, that I, you had accepted Jesus? Yes, ma'am. I hid my faith from my family for about four years. Uh, so I lived double lives. You know, on one hand, I would pray in the mosque for six hours a day, but praying to another God, you know, but looking like I'm, I'm listening and, and paying attention. And yet um, I would sneak out to church and my heart was so won by Christ. And so when I was 16 was when something, you know, something had to give. I couldn't keep hiding it. And my parents would find um, little things here and there and I would lie about it and say, oh, it's just for school, it's just for school. But they knew, they knew that something was changing. The Rifka they knew was no longer the same Rifka. So it wasn't as it became dedicated. dangerous for you? It did, more. it did. Um, when, uh, when my parents found out is when 
my father made threats, and I really lay out in the, in the book how all of it happens, but um, I had seen my father angry many times, but this was a kind of anger that um, I had never seen before. You know your subheading, and I referred to it at the very opening, why, why I risked everything to leave Islam and follow Jesus. That's what the story is about. How do you answer that in simplicity? Why did you risk everything, mm. knowing it would be a risk to follow Jesus? The th complexities and challenges that you just shared, is that why you were willing to do it? Mm. Or was it because of what you experienced when you came to him that mm. nothing else mattered but walking with him? You know, there's a quote in my book that says, I, it, Christianity and Jesus cost me more than I imagined, but it gave more than it could have dreamed of. Mm. And mm. so it wasn't necessarily the challenge and the dare. It was God pursued my heart and showed me himself in such a way where he was worth it. You know, Philippians, I count all things a loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. It was his beauty. It was his truth. It was his justice. It was Christ that drew my heart. And I couldn't go back, you know, once my eyes had been opened to the truth. And the relationship was Yes, real. exactly. It was that relationship, that connection. That's right. More than yeah. religion. More than religion. More than ritual. Yes. More than going through motions. Oh, absolutely. It was knowing that I'm loved by God unconditionally and that he had given, poured his life out for me. And and consistently feeling that more and more and more as I gave myself to Christianity. And I knew that this is why I had been made. Some will say that the Muslim Islamic faith is the biggest religious group in the world. No question, more than a billion people. Knowing what you know about Islam and knowing what you know about Christ in this relationship, mm -hmm. what would you want every person connected with Islam mm -hmm. to hear that they, you believe they need to hear and understand in simple terms, what would you want people in Islamic faith, what would you want them to hear from you that would be meaningful to them? Yeah. I tried Islam and it didn't work. I tried it um, and I would want them to know that, that the search for truth was what changed my life, you know, and, and I believe that Jesus is the answer, but it's also a journey. And he meets us where we are. He, he calls the broken, he calls the hurting. And so um, I would want them to know that, that they are loved and valued and, and um, they can, like I found, I, my life changed through talking to God and, and I would challenge them that to, to, to ask Jesus to show themselves to him because I would even challenge them to do that because my life changed in doing so. So the threat that if you don't believe, we're going to kill you. Hmm. That's a heck of an invitation. <laughs> you know? That is right. Jesus said to those who killed him, because he said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, no other way. And they killed him, and he said to his father, forgive them. They don't really know what they're doing. He was saying they're under a power so overcoming and so powerful over them, they don't even know what they're doing, mm -hmm. you know. They are actually blinded. You talked about how people's eyes were blinded. The eyes of the unbelieving are blinded so that they don't see the truth. Mm. And you were blinded in eye, but yet your eyes were open spiritually yeah. and you saw the truth. So the difference in threatening people and forgiving people and threatening to kill them if you don't believe and saying you believe I give you life and forgiveness mm. and, and you're going to heaven and to an abundant new way of life here because of what I've done and because of the fact Jesus said I sent another one like me, my spirit, to live in you. Now, just be honest. As a little Islamic girl mm. who's come to Christ, 
Do you sense the spirit of Christ, the power, his spirit, his character, his nature? Do you feel it living in you? I do with all my heart. And I've never felt a sense of purpose like this. Um, and yeah, I don't have to work. I don't have to strive for God's love. You know, in Islam, it's a system of works, constantly striving, and it's, it's right and wrong, you know, and, and that's what gets you to heaven. And even then, you don't really know if God's going to arbitrarily change his mind. But ha having a faith where it's, it's fixed on the cross, where he has purchased my sin, he has purchased me as his own, and I'm no longer enslaved to the sin that binds me. I'm now free from that. And he empowers me to walk in righteousness and holiness. And so I think that there are many Muslims who ache and long and hunger for righteousness and think it's doing it by themselves. Um, but I have found, no, it is Christ who sets us free. You know, you're saying you're hiding because of the threats but yet you say you're hiding in the light. So, you know, if you're in the light, you don't look very well hidden. <laughs> but I think you're implying that I found security, mm. escape from this threat to where I can actually find a peace and a comfort, yeah. hiding in the light. Is that correct? Am Absolutely. I, yes, you are. I'm communicating that correctly. Mm -hmm. Will you ever be able to see your family again? You know, there is not a day that goes by where I don't think about them or miss them and pray for them. Um, I Do they ever communicate in any way? No. They Have they tried to find you and you don't particularly want them to find you because you're sitting here in a studio in a state in the U.S. So now if somebody may tell them, we saw her. Mm. Does that bother you? You know, I... No, I, I, I think it's it's really difficult because the complexity of my story doesn't enable communication, but unless their hearts change, but I'm also praying for them so mm -hmm. much that their hearts turn towards Christ. Um, and I know there's a lot of brokenness in my family that Christ needs to heal, but my heart is open. You know, I, I feel like it's like the story of Joseph. What they have meant for evil, I believe that God do can they, use to Do they them. understand English? They do. If, if you wanted them to hear something from you right now mm. and said somebody told them, because this will be online. It's like going to stay online. Yeah. Unless you call us and tell us for some reason we've got to take it down. It's there. So if they happen to be listening, what would you want to say to your family right yeah. now? Because if you look right there, you can talk to them. Yeah. What do you want to say to them? I would say I forgive you and I pray for you um, and I love you so much. And yeah, I, I, I know there's a lot of brokenness and pain, but I am trusting that the Lord will, will unite us one day. I'm praying for that so fervently. Yeah. Well, you know, I do know that Islamic people have an understanding of the importance of a vision. I see Jesus in your daughter and to the whole Islamic world. For all the appreciation you have for those you may admire in your heritage, there's none like Jesus. None. I think even Muhammad recognized that. I think most Muslims recognize the uniqueness of the man Jesus. But now listen, if he wasn't who he said he is, then he's not being honest. Because he said, if you've seen me, you've seen God. And the only way to God is through me. And no one will ever get to God but coming through me. I am the way. I love you. I forgive you regardless. I died for you to give you eternal life. And I've sent my spirit to live in you so you can love and forgive and experience peace and joy. You can have all the fullness of the fruit of the spirit of my life, Jesus says. So that's to all of you. Rifka, we praise God for you. 
I hope you'll get this book. You can go online and get it, Hiding in the Light. I think it will enable us to more effectively and with understanding pray for those who are in the Islamic religious world and lead them to hide in the light of Christ's presence, his abiding, very real presence. And uh, I, I think it will be a treasure to you and an encouragement to you. And Rifka, we're going to be praying for you on your journey, that you keep pointing to Jesus. Would you say thanks to Rifka for her testimony, her courage, her faith, and the greatness of God? We can live in the light, <laughs> and that's the way God wants us to live. Rifka, we love helping people. And our audience, you are the most amazing people. I've told you this, and it's simply the truth, because you express amazing grace, life, and love. Now, I want you to look in kind of around the world. And I want you just to ask this question. If I had a serious need and somebody saw it and they could do something about it, my heart would rejoice if they did it. If you called out to God, God, hear my cry. And suddenly, not only God heard it, but someone else heard it and they became the feet to that prayer providing the answer through an expression of love. Would you not rejoice? What if you could bring the joy to somebody else who is in need right now of a miracle? You watch, see if you don't want to be a part of that miracle. It's a known fact that a person can survive without food for a long period of time if they have access to water. But without water, a person may not live more than a week. The irony for these mothers is they can provide water for their families, but in so doing, have suffered the loss of one or more of their children to a waterborne disease. Why? Because they did not have access to a clean water source. What a tragedy for mothers who must live each day thinking Will this be the day that one of my other children becomes sick and dies? Unfortunately, that day comes far too often for mothers in villages like these throughout the world. With your help, this year Life Outreach International and our partners will reach a milestone of 5,000 completed wells. Our question now is, can we together press forward and provide more water wells so mothers don't have to live in fear that this might be the day another child of theirs dies simply because they don't have access to clean water. We have focused on 15 nations where the situation you saw there is just evident, undeniable reality. And what you heard in that mother's pathos and heartache was a prayer, a heartfelt desire that this tragic occurrence be ended and it can be with love. And the fact that God has given us, many of you who are watching life today, 
you and I prayed that we could drill a well every time we had the emphasis on it. And when we started, the wells were 3,600. And then the cost with the petroleum increase and other things around the world, it went up to an average of 4,800. It could go up again with petroleum where it is and the cost of fuel, it, it likely won't. But you never know. But when it went up, we were still able to do it. And the thing that has been so gratifying to us is that many of you have said, we make it a goal every year to drill a well. And then believe it or not, we've had a few people say, a few individual churches even, and groups, but we've had quite a few couples and business people say, we're going to drill a well a month. That's, that's astounding. But it means that there's something in your heart that says, I want to do something that really works. And when you give people a well, you're giving, you're giving them water the rest of their life. You know, we tell people that $48 of the $4,800 will give 10 people water the rest of their life. That's how it breaks out. And you give $144, 30 people water. So if you give a cup of water, Jesus said, you won't lose the reward, the blessing that I have for you. What, what would it imply to give a well of water? Well, my, I believe that if you're not giving to get, you're giving to give and bless, that the greatest blessing is we just gave all those people the answers to their prayers. We became the answer to their prayer. We became their miracle, the expression of God's love. And it lasts a lifetime. It's the gift that just keeps giving. Would you please right now help us drill 500 more wells, one well at a time, in 15 nations? We just have a short time frame to do it. Betty, I know you're sitting here listening. Did you feel impressed to add something? Well, I just, I just the question that that mother asked there at the last, will this be the day that I lose a child? Will tomorrow be the day that I lose a child? I want her to be able to say, this was the day. This is the day that hope came in. She was asking for hope and that I got hope for my children because of there was a water well drilled so that my child might have pure, clean water. And those children rejoice when it's there as though you had just opened up an entertainment park farm. I mean, they would, every now and then the missionaries say, okay, you can play in it a little bit today. But it's so precious, they don't let them do that. But a lot of times when we go back to an area where we've drilled a well or some of our team does, they let them play in it because they're still so happy. And when the well comes in, you'd think they hit an oil well. They got life. <laughs> Listen, I'm asking you to go to lifetoday.org right now. I want you to run, get your communication device, your laptop, uh, your, your iPad, whatever you use. Lifetoday.org, take your bank card. And say, I'm going to give the greatest gift you can give today. I'm going to give the gift of life. Water for life, and those missionaries are going to tell them about the water of life. Would you do it right now, or you can dial the number. People are calling that number every day for prayer. Today, you're calling the number to be an answer to prayer. So you call the number. Here's my bank card. Use it like a check and say, here's the gift. God's impressing me and enabling me to give. If you can give a well, $4,800, do it. You give part of a well. Pray others match it. If it's $1,200, you need three more. Twenty-four, you need another one. Pray, God, match this gift. And remember, most of the gifts come from 48 for 10 people, 144 to reach 30. Whatever you can do, please, right now, would you be an answer to that mother's prayer? I believe you're going to be, and you're going to do it joyfully. Every day, children living in extreme poverty are forced to make a dreadful choice. Drink filthy, polluted water filled with deadly disease or die from thirst. No child should ever be faced with this decision. 
The good news is there is a solution. Mission Water for Life is one of the most proven and viable demonstrations of God's love in the world today. Suffering can end because clean water changes everything. With your gift today, you can help establish and drill 500 water wells in remote villages in over 15 different nations. Your gift of $24 will help provide clean water for five people. A gift of $48 will help provide for 10. $72 will provide for 15 people. And $144 will help provide fresh water for 30 people for a lifetime. With your gift, we would like to send you Pastor Robert Morris' new book, Frequency. As you read, you'll discover how to hear God's voice, receive direction for your life, and experience a deeper connection with God. With your gift of $100 or more, you'll also receive the Hearing God Daily Journal and Scripture Pen, a wonderful way to record what God is impressing on your heart and a beautiful keepsake for your daily prayer time. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,200 to help provide water for 250 people or a gift of $4,800 to help sponsor a complete well and you may request our beautiful Majesty Bronze Sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online today. This is absolutely um, horrible um, to think that this is his only source of water. Um, been sitting here for a while watching dogs and pigs and goats sitting in this water. I mean, the smell, it's just, it's enough to take your breath away. And yet I watch child after child dip their precious little cup and drink this water. It's literally killing them, but they have nothing else that they can do. This is it. We can change this for them. We could drill them a water well that will last for generations to come and produce life into their bodies call the number on your screen or go online and give the best gift that you can give. It will make a difference that will bring life into the lives of these children. Thank you so much for your help. You are giving life. Robert Morris, our pastor, and we have a very large church, has grown so fast because of the power of God's Word. The question people ask most often is, how do I hear God? That's what Robert said. I hear it all the time, too. Frequency, how do you get on that channel to hear God's voice clearly? Tune in to hear God. Robert has really got a gift to teach and he's able to teach you how to identify the voice of God. And I think to understand how to respond to it and how to find the confirmation in the word of God, the scripture, that this is in fact the God, you know his nature, you know what he's like and you're gonna be encouraged when you can hear him clearly. We have other gifts that we'll send to help you grow Majesty is a beautiful bronze, and we want to express thanks to those of you who can give a well or help us make that step in a very significant way. If you would like to have Rifka's book, Hiding in the Light, and you say, James, I gave a cup of water, I gave, could I have that book? We will send it to you. Rifka would want us to, to say thank you for helping us share the water of life. Join Betty and me and send thanks to Rifka. Rifka, we love you. We appreciate you. We see Jesus in you. Let's let Jesus' light shine through all of us. Let's live in the light. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for watching my today. Visit the stream, stream.org, every day.
But the only way we're not going to forget is because we're going to deliberately remember. Tomorrow on Life Today, don't forget to remember. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.